Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along this morning as we look into the word of God on this Tuesday morning, July 13th. We've been, we're in a, a topic that excites me quite a bit. To be honest, it's a bit overwhelming because there's so much on this to talk about. And yet this has been the ideological battlefield I've been fighting for 40 years. And as we talk about a Christian worldview and the implications of what we believe about big questions of life and how it impacts our personal lives, this is something I'm quite excited about. So I have a question for you as we talk about a worldview. Does the first sentence of the Bible matter? Is it important? Do we care about it? Is it something that we can disregard and not think that much about because in our modern world where science rules and we understand science now? Is the first sentence in the Bible important? Is it true? Is it true literally? Is it true metaphorically? Is it true allegorically? Is it simply a myth that is important but not really happened? I would like to say to you that I think as we discuss worldview, the first question that has to be answered, where do we come from? And we can't know why we're here. We can't know our purpose in life. We can't understand what we're to do if we don't get this basic question, how did we get here? Why are we here? And so forth. I'd like to suggest that this question is vital. And that Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter, all of chapter 1, all of chapter 2, all of chapter 3, these first early chapters, they lay the foundation for how we as humans should think of who we are and how we relate to this universe. I would like to suggest that these chapters that have come under incredible assault, incredible assault through our scientific community, shall we say, and dare I clarify that, simply through the secularist, primarily through the secularist scientific community, I'd like to suggest that, that these chapters are not only important, they are essential. They are essential to understanding who we are as human beings and what is our purpose and plan here on earth. You know, the Bible's pretty clear. If it weren't for the attacks that come from outside the Bible, I don't think anyone would question what Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That sentence is loaded. And I don't think anyone would ever would even doubt it, uh, the, the truthfulness of it, if it weren't for attacks that had come. And yet for the last 150, 160 years or so, since the printing of Darwin's book on the origin of species by means of natural selection, in, in 1859, this basic concept, did God create us, has been under attack, and that attack has largely succeeded. Multitudes of people, multitudes of young people, multitudes of Christian people have embraced the simple idea that yes, we came from lower life forms. We came from animals, we came from apes. We are evolved over time Somehow, long, long, long time ago, there was a big explosion somewhere in the universe. And from that explosion has now come all the planets, all the galaxies, all the solar systems. They tell us that 
All that matter was in a little something the size of a thimble and somehow it exploded and now all the stars, all the galaxies, all the planets, everything out there in this huge, huge, huge universe all came from that little thimble full. And this is known as the Big Bang. That happened roughly almost 15 billion years ago, we're told. And from that accidental explosion and all these galaxies that have come from it, somehow on planet Earth, life got started. Water was here. Somehow, accidentally, life began. And from that, it's mutated from a single, simple little cell. It's mutated into us complex organisms with brains that wonder, that have curiosity, that develop art, that appreciate beauty, that, that, are, that think about eternity, that want to explore. All of these things, we're told, just happen by chance, by accident, an accident of nature. No God is necessary in this, in this explanation. No, you're allowed to have him if you want, but no God is necessary. And indeed, the advocates of this philosophy, and it is a philosophy, it's not a proven fact by any means. The advocates of this philosophy have, by and large, been the people without God being necessary. On the other hand, so, not, so on that hand, we have the philosophical idea of Marxism, the philosophical origins for the worldview of secularism, the idea that if, 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 there is a, if there's no God needed, and if all of life really is an accident, we're just a bunch of stardust that happen to come together and by the freak choices of freak, undirected, uh, accidental events of, of scientific history, we came about as we are instead of, you know, we might not have ever been, we are an accident. We're the result of stardust just bumping together the way it did. We're the result of unguided processes. These are the things taught to our youth. These are the things embraced by Marxism, by secularism, sadly, by way too many Christians. This is a fundamental fight because so much of, because if we don't understand Genesis and these early chapters and we think that life is an accident, that you and I are accidents. Compare that to Genesis chapter 1, amplified in Psalm 139, where we read that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that there is a God behind all of this, that this universe is not an, a freak accident. It is, a, it is the work of the hands of God. It is the beauty of God. It shows the design of God, the intelligence of God, the wisdom of God. That, that, and we see in our atmosphere, in our, in our bodies, and the complexity of who we are, the way all of these organs of us work interdependently, the way in our creation, plants and animals and, and the atmosphere and the soil, all of it works inter, interdependently because there's an all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful God behind it all who created it and who made it. Now today I'm not going to get into the evidence for creation. Uh, that would that would take you know there's so much of it I could take a long time if we talked about geology and biology and the, and the origin of life. Where did life come from? And we looked at fossils and and we we you know discussed uh, DNA and all these things. There's so much here, so much reason, and I really do believe that science is on our side. 
Does that mean we don't have tough questions that remain unanswered? Of course we do. Of course we have tough questions. I don't believe as tough as the evolutionists have, though. I don't believe our questions are nearly as unanswerable as are theirs. And uh, theirs are, they overlook them and they won't address them. But I do believe the science, the observable data and the common sense implications of what we see, it's on our side. We have no reason to back down. Do people say, do you believe in science? Yeah, but science isn't something you believe in. It's a scientific method, it's scientific observation. Science is a search for the truth, and the scientific method is a way of discovering it, a discovering truth in the physical realm. But anyway, my purpose today is not to get into the science of it, but the implications of it. My friend, if you, your children, your grandchildren, if the youth of America, if the adults of America, if we think that our origin is accidental, just the result of an explosion, just the result of accidental mutations that occurred in the genome, just the fact that we happen to survive. <clears throat> if you believe that, you're going to lead a life very, very different than if you believe there's a God in heaven who created you, made you special, that he made you the way you are, that he created this world. You're going to, in, in one scenario, man is king. We're the ultimate. We're the pinnacle. We have arrived. <clears throat> in another scenario, God is king. He is the creator. We are the creation. In one scenario, life has no purpose. No purpose, just, it just survive, that's it. In another scenario, life has a purpose to love and glorify the creator who made us. To uh, exercise dominion and cultivate this earth, to develop society, to develop civilization, to develop um, life. In one scenario, it's all accident. In another, there's intention behind it. We wonder why young people today often seem to lack meaning. Well, maybe they believe what evolution taught them. Maybe they believe what they were being taught in school about lacking meaning. We wonder why some people have a, a competitiveness that sets aside all ethics and all sense of, of uh, caring for your fellow man. Well, maybe they believed what evolution taught them. Maybe they believed what they were taught in their schools about evolution and survival of the fittest. We wonder why some people accept um, a Marxist idea that we're all in this together. Well, maybe they accepted social evolution and the idea that, that, uh, that we're just a, a group of, we're not an individuals, but we're just a group. Marxism and secularism and the worldview that they build upon the evolutionary idea that excludes God, it's false. Don't believe it. Don't let your children believe it. Don't let your grandchildren believe it. Stand up against it. This really matters. In Scripture, well, so as I say, and I want to be really clear, evolution, <clears throat> evolution is more than a, the, a, a scientific theory. It is a philosophical theory. It is a philosophical concept. Scripture warns us, make sure you're not taken captive by philosophy or empty deception according to the, to the tradition of men. It is a philosophical concept that is the direct antithesis of the biblical worldview. Understand that. The people tell me, could God have caused evolution? Well, theoretically, yeah, God can do what he wants to do. But it is contrary to the nature of God. 
the idea of the survival of the fittest, the, the strong survive and the weak fail. The weak are uh, go extinct. Is that what our God is like? The God who tells us to care for the weak, the poor, and to love them? Would he be like that? A, a mechanism that where the strong get ahead by being cruel? Even Darwin said evolution is a cruel process. Evolutionists know that the process of evolution is cruel. Would, a God, would our God design something like that? No, my friends, to whatever degree the survival of the fittest happens, it's the result of the curse and the corruption that Romans 8 talks about that has come upon our, our all of creation. It wasn't the design of God. It's the judgment of God, the, the, the survival of the fittest concept. Scripture says in Revelation 4, verse 11, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. Why? For you created all things, and because of you, because of your will, they existed and were created. Our God deserves to be worshipped because he is the creator. When you see the beauty out there of the world, when you consider the, the magnificence of yourself, your human body, your brain, your heart, your blood system, your circulatory system, your nervous system, how all your organs work together, you consider your, your creativity, your mind, your all these things. Our God created, that's not an accident, my friend. You are made in the image of God. And God is worthy to be created and receive glory, honor, and power. For he created all things. In Revelation, this, that was Revelation 4.11. In Revelation 14, verse 7, the, the eternal gospel, the angels are flying. They say, worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the spring of waters, all things in them. Worship the God who created all that. What a God we serve. We are to be worshipers. And one of the major things we worship him for is for the creation. And, and this theory of evolution has robbed God of so much glory. People look at this amazing DNA, amazing scientific discoveries, the, the, the periodic table in chemistry, the stars, the galaxies. They look at all this and they wonder at evolution or they wonder at the Big Bang or they wonder at, at scientific discovery. They should be wondering and, and amazed and in awe of our God. Indeed, the, this theory of evolution has robbed God of so much glory. I encourage you to study this topic. I encourage you to get material and read on it. You will be amazed how much good, inspiring, scientifically accurate, truthful information is out there. This is not an in, this is not a peripheral issue. Now, can you be an evolutionist and be saved, believe in Jesus? Yes. But can you be be fully developed as a Christian in your Christian understanding of life, your worldview, and become a true the the, the worshiper of God? to the degree you were intended to be, if you don't believe that God created the world, I don't think you can. I think this is an essential doctrine to the full development of you as a sanctified, holy, godly man or woman. I like the, the websites answersingenesis.org. I like um, uh, ICR for Institute for Creation Research, icr.org. And of course, as you know, taking a trip to the Creation Museum here at the end of this month. And if you'd like to join me, uh, drop me an email, tom at tomthepreacher.com, and you can join our group. You know, we'll, we'll go to the Creation Museum one day, spend the night in a hotel down in Cincinnati, go to the Ark the next day, and um, 
visitors are well, you're welcome to join our group. We'd love to have you. It's going to be a great tour. But there's so much on this. Don't let the evolutionist intimidate you. Don't let them intimidate you. We have no reason to back down. We've got so much science on our side. But more than that, we've got God on our side. We worship the God who made all this. Amen. Father in heaven, we praise you as the creator of all. Worthy are you to receive glory and honor and power and dominion because you created all things. And by your will and for your pleasure, they existed and were created. We worship the God who created the heavens, the earth, the seas, the dry land, all the animals within. We don't believe that, that, that we are just an accident of nature. We believe that we were put on this earth. We believe all people have been put on this earth, that God, you have a purpose and a love and a plan. And even Lord, as there are now 7 billion of us, we thank you. What an amazing God that you still know us. You count the very number, you know the very number of hair on our head. Even a sparrow would not fall to the ground without your notice. We thank you for what an amazing God you are. We see your divine power in, in, the, in the, Lord, a volcano, an earthquake, a, a thunderstorm, and your power in, in the mighty ocean, the waves. We see your incredible creativity. Thank you, Father. You didn't make this world black and white or every, just a shade of gray. We thank you, the vibrant colors that you created, you made. You put them in fish of the sea that for thousands of years no one ever even saw, and we've only discovered them recently, these brilliant colors. What a great God. We thank you made the whole universe, the galaxies. What an awesome, big, infinite God you are. There's no, we, we look upon this creation and we understand things about you, your infiniteness, the greatness of your power. Your all-knowing, omniscient mind. Your wisdom that causes all these different organs in our body or aspects and elements in, our, in, the, in the environment to be interdependent, work together, needing one another, feeding one another, providing for one another. What a great God. Lord, we grieve we grieve at the number of people who no longer believe you are the creator. We grieve at the number of people who give credit and glory to um, undirected processes, just accidents of nature, mutations, explosions, who give credit and glory to those things when the credit and glory should go to you. Oh, Father, forgive us. Forgive us for letting our, for the, our children believe in these things. Forgive us. Might we truly understand who you are, what you've done, and praise you for your works. Great and marvelous are your works. Great and marvelous are your works. They're all around us. We view them every day. We want to praise you for them. We pray, Father, help us to realize the implication and to live our days understanding that we're not an accident that you made us with a purpose and intention. I pray for this. We ask these things. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Thanks for being along with me today. Hey, if you're new, make sure you subscribe. Hit that notify button because we get here every day and we talk about the word of God every day 
And if you get here with us, get in the Word every day, it'll change your life. I promise you that because the Word of God's powerful. To those who come back every day, God bless you. Make sure you share this with your friends and help spread the Word, okay? We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Now, I'll be traveling tomorrow. I'll be in an airplane at 8.30, but I, I plan to post a video where you can watch it. We'll go live and premiere at our normal time, 8.30 tomorrow morning. So I will hope to see you then. You have a great day. God bless you. Rejoice in the Lord. That's our strength. The world doesn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away from us. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.